get into it and get through it and it's get gonna out. be a long winter johnny <laughs> no because we're gonna have ohio state the long basketball. night continues that's right that's right um yeah that was bad that was that wasn't fun it sucks obviously that ohio state lost to michigan uh 30 24 you know mistakes there were a lot of them uh bad coaching decisions you could argue i think there were at least a few of those michigan i think just at the point of attack really is is kind of where i was concerned going into the game and that ended up being you know probably i think the biggest problem for ohio state maybe outside of the quarterback play during the game um there's a lot to unpack here i want to start with uh just ryan day in general and i think the perception here now has kind of shifted a little bit on the dude and and prior to this I mean, Ryan Day, I think, had a decent amount of goodwill from, you know, just ethering Dabo. And, and like I said, just kind of, you know, <laughs> I've said this before, but basically, um, you know, destroying that program with one game. And, you know, he had beaten Ohio, or excuse me, beaten Michigan in his first matchup, played Georgia really close last year. Some would argue, you know, should have won. There was some, you know, referee shenanigans and other games, things like that. But now the record against Michigan is, is one in three. And I think the narrative now has kind of shifted on this guy that he's he's kind of a Stoopsian figure. Like, he cannot win the big one. He's not going to be able to get over the hump against his um, his most hated rival. And I kind of want to know your perspective right now on, on where Ryan Day sits in relation to not just the rivalry, but how we kind of perceive him in general. He's one and one in Columbus. And that one win was one of the most spectacular booty blastings we've ever seen put on (laughs) Michigan to the tune of 62 points. That's true. He's 0-2 in the big house against two of the best Michigan teams we've seen in the last 25 years. Not even including last year's team that went to Columbus and beat Ohio State. And... uh, you know, I mean, he's he's been pretty good against every other coach than Jim Harbaugh, things considered, while he's been here. So I'm not ready to punt on Ryan Day yet. Uh, I, so you're not you're not looking for like you know for Dion for Neon Dion to come in, Coach Sanders to to Coach Prime take over. didn't hit. I I was hearing about how the Colorado over four and a half wins was free money back in August, and look That's where right. we're at now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Coach Prime anywhere near Columbus. So you're not you're not one of the fans frothing at the mouth to uh, to replace Ryan. No, Day look, and if you haven't like guessed, like I'm not in an emotionally charged state because look, we've we were looking at this back in like August and saying we weren't comfortable with the <laughs> fact that Ohio State hadn't named an outright starter going into the season and really didn't do so until the Western Kentucky game. So we were very concerned about quarterback play, even going into the season relative to, are we going to be able to get over the hump to Michigan to get to the postseason, win a conference championship and win the national championship? Is this is McCord the guy to finally get over the hump of the last two years? And I think it's the momentum was going very good for 11 weeks. We heard about how great it was that, you know, McCord had his best game against Michigan State only two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, fast forward to two weeks from then. And 
he I, I like it's it's so unfortunate that history is written by the winners because we're now in a situation where not only is Michigan going to be able to vindicate themselves for the cheating that they have done and throw further egg onto the face of Ohio State for trying to cast that into the national light, but you also have different factions of the enormous Ohio State fan base that in the wake of a third straight loss for Michigan are grasping for you know, a uh, confirmation of their own theories as to what is wrong with the program. And right. I think it's very easy to blame Ryan day when he probably would have been the most critical of himself last year, or even the last two years for what happened. I certainly had gripes about how the 2021 game was called, but it, is it's really important to remember here as so many people look to blame uh, larger facets of the program or Ryan day himself or uh, you know, various members of the defensive staff or uh, you know, the, the pregame rituals of, of dancing on the field and whatnot, which somebody pointed out, even though it, you know, went very viral seeing McCord, you know, doing the step back fade and stuff before mm-hmm. the game on the field against Ann Arbor. Yeah, Michael Bennett was really pissed about it. Well, they said apparently like that Johnny Dixon was saying like we were doing this literally the same thing back then and uh yeah, you know yeah. obviously that's, they beat Michigan on. too. So that's Yeah, give me a break. Right. Like, so that's, that's very silly to me. And if, you know, if Ohio State goes out and wins and people are like, "Oh yeah, they're loose," you know, they're shows that they were just ready for the game they had their head you know all that stuff so, uh, I think so p- little, people in their grief silly. are looking to run with narratives but people are right. also looking for confirmation bias for what they may have been saying going into the season or going further back now i recognize that myself for you know my own skepticism about mccord but sure i i still feel like pretty much every concern that i had about mccord was vindicated by what has played out in this game now yeah. well, apparently let's Go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I've been well, talking say, let's, a lot. No, it's fine. Let's let's go ahead and talk about the game just real briefly. So I'm just going to do a very quick rundown here. Um, you know, Ohio State comes out. They go three and out, first drive. Terrible. Like you, you had to, you had to put something up, show something on your first and, drive. And I and I thought Agbuka. You know, I thought that was more of a drop on Agbuka than a bad throw by McCord. Like to, I agree to be that. fair to McCord, like yes. you know, going three and out on the first time. I didn't think it was really on. Him. Right, but as a team, you you got to get at least a first not a down. good start. Um, not a good start. Um, you know, it looks like you've got Michigan's number defensively in a lot of ways, and then you go ahead and you turn the ball over on your next drive and give them the ball in the red zone they score a touchdown um ohio state the thing is man like in the first half it felt like they were figuring stuff out they got the field goal um you know mission comes back down scores the touchdown but then ohio state responds with a touchdown of their own immediately uh it it just felt like okay this is going to be a back and forth kind of thing and if kyle mccord can recover and you know throw Ohio state back into it, or they can like figure out how to get to Marvin or they can get the, uh, you know, the running game working, then, you know, this favors Ohio state, you know, in the long run. But I, to me, the biggest thing is in the second half, especially they couldn't do anything with the running game. And, and I expected that that's, that's why I picked Michigan to beat Ohio state 
and I just had zero confidence that the uh, you know the guard play for Ohio State was going to hold up to Michigan's defensive tackles. It did not. Uh, they were just getting swallowed. Trayvon Henderson. They didn't figure out creative ways to get him into space. Um, it just it, it really felt like in the third and fourth quarter they did not have a response to what Michigan's defense was throwing to, and it didn't feel like Ryan Day had any confidence uh, in Kyle McCord. Um, and, and, you know, towards the very end, they had to throw caution to the wind and, and, you know, start just throwing bombs and a couple of them worked out, but, you know, another big, long Michigan drive that eats up 20 minutes, you know, they, they, <laughs> they get that long run from Blake Corum. They're up 24, 17, they get a field goal after that. And then you're just kind of in desperation mode and they, they got the, they got the touchdown. Um, but that, that, uh, field goal, that last field goal in the very last minute, uh, where they had that long drive that, you know, it just ate up, I think, like five minutes of time. Uh, that that That's what was the nail in the coffin. And so, to me, the biggest thing is watching this game, it wasn't it wasn't just the fact that it felt like Ryan Day had very little confidence in, in Kyle McCord. And I think that's for obvious reasons, because that, that first interception really just set the tone for everything. It's also that it just felt like uh, – Sheryl Moore was throwing things just the entire kitchen sink at Ohio State just to try to get any kind of yardage. Because if you look at everything else, if you look at the, the stats in total, Ohio State had more total yardage than Michigan did. Um, they, you know, <laughs> they had fewer penalties. They totally bottled up both Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. But they, both of those guys did not have good games. I mean, Donovan Edwards has been bad all season and was terrible against Ohio State. And even J.J. McCarthy, who was, you know, his super accurate self, it's not like he was slinging around. He had fewer than 150 yards passing. So to me, it was just one of those things where they had the opportunity if they were creative enough to win that game. But it just didn't feel like Ryan Day um, had the faith in his quarterback or the wherewithal to try to get his other superstars on offense uh, involved in different ways. And that was that was unfortunate to me. That, and I think that's why they lost the game. Well, Corum did have that, I mean, immediately after Zach Zinter got hurt. I mean, the first oh, yeah, play no, after yeah. he scored, like, from 20 yards out or something. So I Yeah, mean, but I they were still like in the red. You know what I mean? Like, they, I mean, you know. that's a pretty key play in the game. I felt like that was the most significant rushing play of the game for either team. And to have sure. that in that moment after you lose, like, that crucial point of your offense to that kind of – uh, traumatizing. I mean, J.J. McCarthy said in the post-game press conference, I wouldn't wish that sight on anyone, like the way that he saw Zinter's ankle going. So, I mean, that could be a really, like, stall. That could be like a tr- – when a team loses someone like that in that kind of, like, you know, being carted off fashion. Oh, yeah. Uh, where you're concerned about their long-term health relative to the agony that you see them suffering on the field. I mean, that can either galvanize or really shut down a team. And you saw how the play immediately after that they they really did respond and and quite literally scored. And Corum deserves credit for that. Now, Donovan Edwards, I mean, we gave him shit for, I forgive him, pardon my French, for revolutionizing the position. And then he had the biggest passing play of the game from the halfback spot. (laughs) So we, we do need to, you know, offer some, you know, could some credit to the Michigan backfield. That's fair. I had forgotten about that. That's right. That's right. And, and that's, and, and that's the thing that I was talking about though. Like that was a ridiculous play and it, 
Which was I mean, not in the playbook, by the way. They said that they like drew that up, I believe, in the uh, like just live. They decided to come up with that, and good so, for them. And, and that's credit the to kind their of, creativity that you were referencing with Sharon Moore. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you have to have that edge if you're a play caller and you're you're in this kind of situation. You're in the game. These two these two teams are extremely evenly matched. You've got to find something to give yourself an edge, and that's the kind of stuff that you need to be able to do. So. You know, I'm not saying that, like, Ryan Day doesn't know what he's doing or he can't call plays or whatever, but I think he just got so spooked by that first interception and looking at his, you know, offensive line just getting, you know, eaten up through the middle uh, by Michigan's uh, defensive tackles that he just he didn't take the kind of chances that he, I think, had to to win that game. And I don't Um, really know what fans want him to do in that situation if your biggest criticism for the team in general coming out of the game is oh ryan day didn't have the edge in play calling that ohio state needed to win you if we a former ohio a former 11 warriors insider uh jeremy birmingham said on his podcast this morning that the Kyle like Kyle McCord's pregame speech was like four times reinforced don't make mistakes like that was his message <laughs> to the team and right. the first drive after that three and out when then Michigan responds with with its own three and out and the momentum in the game is still ambiguous because it's still very early on yeah he commits the most egregious error of the season Right. In the infancy of the game that permanently has Ohio State playing from behind in its most important moment that you want to talk about a team getting traumatized, like forget about what happened with Zach Zinter in the second half <laughs> that if you're look, if that's your leader, that's the guy you're looking to pregame as the one to speak soul into your performance and then actions speak louder than words. Yeah, you can't and make he, that mistake in that situation. No, That's... and and so if you're Ryan Day and you're seeing McCord has just completely lost his composure relative to what his messaging to the team was when the game started, and you're now in a hole in the big house, and you can tell your quarterback is rattled, this quarterback that has a rep for being first-half McCord Honda McCord just got to endure until we get to the second half. And then, you know, the good throws and the momentum will come. What, what do you do here? You, you would probably turtle up relative to your play calling and try to just stick with basic things instead of more sophisticated. They tried to run play action on the first play out of uh, their first offensive snap out of the second half and McCord got sacked. Like they, they didn't have the ability to blend the run in the past that game, the way that they needed to. And they had to keep the play calling very basic as a result, but that was all born out of the complete, all the confidence being shattered, not by anything that the coaching staff did before or during the game, but by the on field actions and mistakes of a quarterback that we didn't even know was right for this team until the third game in the season. Yeah. So I I think that's definitely part of it. I think the offensive line uh, not holding up super well against Michigan's defensive line is part of it. I think, you know, 
it didn't seem like you saw the the fire out of some of these dudes in terms of like overall effort that you could have seen. Um, you know, the defense, a lot of people talking about, and you know, Jim Harbaugh even talked about the defense and how it was, you know, the best one that they've seen since, you know, a long time since like 2019, basically. Uh, I think they did everything they could. I think the defense did a great job. They were put in bad positions the entire game. Uh, the special teams did That's not help bad them. bad luck too. They had some bad luck. It's bad uh, specialty. Jesse Murko had his worst career performance at the worst possible time. It was it was real bad. So they're constantly having to you know defend drives starting at you know their opponents like 35, 45 the entire game. Um, you know there were some bad calls. I, I don't think I don't think that touchdown uh, was really a touchdown. I think that was ambiguous at best. I, I I'm willing to let that go. I think most people are. I don't think it was that crazy, but there were there was a lot of stuff like that, right? There was a lot of just touch and go kind of things. Yeah, where it, it felt like Ohio State way. hardly got any breaks. That's right. There were very and there few were and there were more than a few reviews where it was like this. This was a pretty bad call on the field and and shouldn't have even need to be reversed <laughs> on replay. Yes, exactly, exactly. And you know, again, I don't think that's what decided the game, but I also think when you're a defense, it's hard to continually kind of play on your heels to see that the other team's getting all the breaks to watch your offense kind of sputter and not really do what it needs to do to, you know, just sustain drives. And eventually you're going to kind of break down a little bit. And then when, you know, the other team's throwing out crazy, you know, half back, half back passes and all that kind of stuff. It just, it makes it really difficult. I think again, overall, the defense did a great job. Um, but you know, it's, you kind of look at what the other dudes were doing and it's just, it's, it's hard yeah. to, you know, you know, when a, what keeps a defense on its heels is when a quarterback is evasive and, and that's, <laughs> and one of the quarterbacks in that game was, right. and one of them was not. Yeah. JJ McCarthy only had seven. It, it seems like he had way more. He only had 17 total rushing yards, but again, hard to pin that dude down. He, he just extends the play. He extends the play. And that's what makes him so hard to defend against. And it's not, Again, he had fewer than 150 yards passing. It, it's not like this guy was playing lights out and it just throwing it all over the field, but he makes plays when he has to. And if you look at Michigan's games throughout the season, he has a lot of games like that, where Michigan's offense, they were incredibly efficient and put up, you know, 45, 50 points. And J.J. McCarthy threw the ball, you know, 12, 15 times. Even on Michigan's last drive, when they tried to get cheeky and pass it on second down, and McCarthy just ran towards the sideline and threw back across his body for like oh a, a four yard completion to Cornelius <laughs> Johnson. Plays. That was the dumbest and it play. Keeps the, but it from... keeps the clock going, and That's they got to burn a timeout. That's what cracked me up. Aside from Kyle McCord's interception, that was the dumbest play in the entire game. How many? How many seconds? So that mad. that cost forty seconds of full play clock of yeah. of pen, potentially Ohio State's game winning drive. Dumbest possible thing he could have done, and it worked out for him. And it it might have and ended it's up winning all the game because for him. he's the base for his success is just built on using instead of using the evasiveness for scrambling yards just right. extending, extending the play, the play. Right. and I, I i wish that when they were recruiting mccarthy versus mccord that they had really valued that because i just don't think that you can win a national championship with a quarterback that doesn't have that t- sc- skill set 
in the modern era. It's just I, I, he, I it scared me going into this season and siding with McCord, sure. but I just don't feel comfortable about a pocket passer. You just I, I just don't can. see how you, I I you who, just have to be who was the last one to do it? Well, I mean, I think last year if you know Ohio State doesn't collapse, you know down the stretch against Georgia like that would be it would have been CJ Stroud right Stroud like the but Stroud's biggest play was he ran for that first down against yeah, Georgia yeah, yeah, yeah. that set his, up the field not, on, Stroud's on, first touchdown of his Ohio State career was I'm a aware. 49 yard running touchdown I'm against aware. Michigan State I'm don't aware. compare I'm him about, to McCord I no 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 I am gonna compare to McCord oh get out of here look at his stat Hang on a second. Are you telling me that? Did you see Stroud throw the ball 70 yards this weekend against the Jags? You know, McCord is not, but you see how bad McCord underthrew Marv when he got PI'd and one handed that in the game this week. Don't compare Honda McCord to, to CJ Stroud. I'm not comparing Kyle McCord to CJ Stroud. What I am saying is Cadillac Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. What I am saying though, is that you absolutely can be a pocket passer and win a national championship. What you need to know, what you need though, is you need to be a dude who can complete like 75% of your passes and have pinpoint accuracy. No, you you need, you need to have at least the threat of mobility, which McCarthy possesses, but does not act upon because part Partially, you know, as I was alluding to, he's well, like worried about getting hit, but he's more interested in using it to extend the plays. But the point yeah. is you need to at least have that threat of mobility there. We didn't see outright rushing attempts from McCord ever. We were super critical of Stroud not doing that his first year as the starter, and we right. gradually saw him work that in over the course of his second year as a starter to the point that he's even been willing to do it in the NFL in limited capacity. My point is I'm ready to see Aaron Nolan start for Ohio State next year, <laughs> and Kyle McCord can go join Quinn Ewers in Texas or something. So you're not you're not you're not going to be a uh, Devin Brown stand, is what you're saying? Oh God, no! I mean, come on, we've seen how that goes. <laughs> that guy's going to end his career with more fumbles than touchdown passes. Uh, that's also probably true. Um, so here's the deal. It, it, overall, I mean, we talked, we kind of talked about this before uh, we started recording of, of the three losses here. This is the least egregious. This is the one that I, I think I am, you know, the least angry or upset about. I know I wrote in threat level that, you know, it feels bad to lose to Michigan. And there are people on Reddit jumping over me or jumping all over me for saying that I, I don't like that when Ohio State loses to their rival. Um, you you were the only one to pick them to beat <laughs> Ohio know. State. I was. You're and secretly my, happy about it. That's right. And my uh, my prediction was uh, 28-24 Michigan. One person so. on 11 Warriors, a commenter, called you an MGO Manchurian candidate. How do you <laughs> feel about that, Johnny? I don't care. You know what? Uh, I what's, was your, also... what's your activation phrase? <laughs> Brady Hoke is from Kettering. You whisper <laughs> that into my ear. <laughs> um, and then I just lose it and I just start writing pro Michigan stuff. Uh, yeah. So overall it sucks. Um, probably going to the orange bowl. Hooray. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. How I many mean, starters are they missing for the, that game? How many, that's actually a seriously good question though. How many, how many do you think at least Marvin? Um, 
Is Travion gone? Man, I don't know. That's a great question. He's been so up and down, and I feel like he's, his draft evaluation is not going to be super high. And the way that people are drafting running backs right now, like he had a good season. He had a good season. He had a great season um, when he was healthy. But that's yeah. the problem. Like I don't know if I don't know if NFL GMs are going to be like, can this dude play for like five consecutive games? Like, <laughs> can they show us that? Uh, I but don't if know. he that's stays really for another year, he's got even less tread on the tires than he does, you know, and for the next draft. And that's a great point too. I don't know. He might. Um, and the thing is, like, the, the the I mean, that's the biggest thing. The the lifespan for an NFL running back is so short to begin with that I don't know if he's got a chance. It's to like money. you can't even stay for your senior year of college anymore. You if you play running back, you have no you have no choice but to go. I feel like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're wrong about that. So yeah, I, I mean, Marvin Trey might be out. Eichenberg. Um, I think. I think he'll play. I wouldn't be surprised if he played. Uh, but Cade might be out. Um, I don't know. Uh, Cade. Is, I Cade. Cade's a captain. I feel like Cade would play. No, that's true. Probably will. If he doesn't play, that would be indicative of something. I think probably a little more concerning. Um, I don't know. We'll see how many are actually out for that game. But, you know, if they're playing – we another thing we were talking about for recording. So they're playing Louisville, which has zero juice. I don't think anybody cares about. Uh, or they'd be playing maybe Florida State, who is missing their starting quarterback, and you damn well better beat them, um, which I feel like they could still. I mean, I think they're more talented top to bottom than Florida State. But, you know, who knows? It's not a game that I think either team would be super excited for. Uh, there is – Yes, I would not be surprised if he yeah. were out. Yeah, I think he would be out. Which, you know, there's se- the secondary is better equipped to absorb his loss, I think, than maybe what some about Proctor. Mm, I can see him playing. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, significant dudes. So, will be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, obviously they're going to want to get that that win for momentum's sake, but it's going to be, I don't know. There is the the incredibly minute chance that Ohio State still somehow makes the playoff. That's not it's, going to it's happen. It's more than minute. It's it, last year was a far more far fetched scenario than the one they need this year. Yeah, Florida so State is terrible. They were they were they had like with two minute like less than three four minutes left in the first half against Florida, who was. Five and seven now, five and six going into the game last week. Florida State without Jordan Travis had ten offensive yards and seventeen penalty yards, <laughs> and they flipped That's it true. around. But they flipped it around because Florida's cheeks. So they like I, I, I you, there's a very, very, very legitimate chance that Louisville will end up winning the ACC championship right, so- if they actually want to win that game. So let's talk about this. So then let's let's get into it a little bit. So the rankings right now, okay, like the, the college football playoff rankings, I think, what, Ohio State's at six, right? Um, that was where they finished in the AP and coaches poll this week, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, because they haven't done the rankings this week. Yeah, the playoff yet, rankings will be correct, out correct, correct. The, this evening so, by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, so – where do you expect do you think Ohio State's going to stay at six then like do you think it's going to I I think they'll probably settle into that yeah okay so all right then you've got Oregon and Washington that's going to be a thing right um 
Michigan and Georgia are basically set unless something insane happens. I think you need I think you need Washington to beat Oregon again. I, I would agree with that. Because really what you're doing is you're trying to like secure that four spot, yes, right? Yes, you want to solidify you you want you want outright you want two outright team the you need three outright teams. You right. Michigan you need Michigan outright. You need Georgia outright because you don't you don't want to entertain a two SEC team scenario, right? And you need um, Washington outright because you don't want to. Would make Texas it in- would they jump Texas over Ohio State? Texas, I think, would jump if they win okay. their conference championship. But Oklahoma right. State beat BYU last week, even though I know that game went to double overtime. But to be Oklahoma State still pulled it out. Oklahoma State went to the title game two years ago and very narrowly lost to Baylor in a game that gave Ohio State's college football playoff hopes uh, a you know shot in that scenario after they lost to Michigan. That didn't end up materializing until last year's the wake of last year's loss to Michigan. But it just goes to show you that you you can still hold out a little bit of hope. Uh, for them to make the final four-team playoff, uh, based on what the past history has been, so I actually think it's—I think it's better odds than it was last year. If I'm being honest. So basically, what you got is you need Oregon, you need Washington to beat Oregon. Texas has to lose to Oklahoma State. Um, Bam has got to lose, and then you're good, I guess, right? And Washington beats Oregon. Right, 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 right. Those well, four, those State. four results. Yeah, and Louisville beats Florida State. Those so four that's, results. Uh, that's it's two. Know, it's man. two. It's two upsets and two chalk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could happen. And I'm one not, of the like, and one of the upsets is Florida State, who does not have Jordan Travis. Right. That's there, true. It was their, that was their whole offensive identity. I would not be surprised Louisville pulls that out. Um. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to kind of follow. We'll keep an eye on that. I don't, you know, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I would be super pumped to see all that play out that way, but you know, it's, it's the playoffs. You get the playoffs, you take the playoffs. We're, Um, we're, we're facing a situation. Imagine where Louisville pulls it off in the ACC championship and Georgia beats Bama and Washington beats Oregon. And the reason Ohio State doesn't get into the playoff is because Quinn Ewers wins a conference championship <laughs> for Texas. <laughs> that would be the most infuriating possible thing to happen. Um, I think the funniest possible it's ve- thing It's to very happen, likely. It, yeah, no, I, I can absolutely see that scenario. In fact, I would say of the scenarios that we could game plan, that would probably be the most likely scenario. Um, you know, my, my desperate hope right now as an Ohio State fan is just that, like, something insane happens in Michigan, you know, like the, the hand of God touches um, the Ferentz boys in Iowa and <laughs> they somehow beat Michigan in the big 10 championship Iowa game. wins eight to six. Oh my God, dude. It, that, I mean, really, I, I tried to game plan the funniest possible thing that would happen out of all this and Harbaugh returning from his suspension only to lose to freaking Iowa and the big 10 championship game would be like, the most beautiful possible ending to all of this. If we've got to suffer a Michigan loss, that is what I will take as a, uh, a you know, as a consolation prize. Um, 
so there you go. That's that's the game. Uh, it sucked. And I think next year, you know, you got to wait 365 days. But I think next time we talk about this, next calendar year, it's going to be a better result. Michigan's losing at least 44 members of their team, um, probably a lot more than that. And they're uh, possibly their head coach. We'll, we'll see what all happens with them. Um, and so Sharon Moore probably, probably won't stick around either. Well, unless he ends up being the head coach. But that's that's a discussion for another day he can't um, be the head coach at michigan university as he refers <laughs> to it as he's got to learn the name first um all right so that is uh that's the game uh before we get to ask us anything we do want to remind you that we're sponsored by one medical let's hear from those guys the best defense is a good offense and that goes for your health too that's why one medical the modern doctor's office is changing the playbook for primary care with four C-Bus locations and 24-7 virtual care, One Medical helps Buckeye stay healthy. And the relationship with OSU's Wexner Medical Center makes it easy to get access to specialists. To get your 30-day free trial, visit onemedical.com and use the code TRY1MCOL. That's T-R-Y, the number one, M-C-O-L. That was One Medical. Let's go ahead and do some Ask Us Anything and, and commiserate with our listeners a little bit here. Uh, we remind you that you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Let's start with um, uh, uh, this is a question from Kevin who just wants to know simply, my head hurts. How about you? At least I can use M's again. Eh, I don't no. I, I I had a great weekend. All things You know considered. what? Here, Here's the thing. Like I try, I get, you know, I'm not happy about outcomes of, of football games when that goes badly for Ohio state. I try not to let it ruin my entire day or weekend. Um, it's one of those things where, and I, I talked about this in threat level when, when crap like that happens in sports, especially sports, it, I'm the kind of person who's like, I just want to be done with it. I just want to move on and, and, you know, hit reset, do whatever else I need to do. Because honestly, like at the end of the day, as much as we hype it up, it's not life or death. There are other things that you got to concentrate on. There are other things that are more important. Um, but I will admit to uh, being pretty furious. Well, to clarify, immediate if, aftermath. If Ohio State had won, I would say you know beating Michigan is the most important thing. Oh in the yeah, world. of course. But since Correct. they Correct. since they lost, I will merely say that you know it stinks to see them lose for a third year in a row. But I also got to watch ohio state win 10 years in a row and we haven't even scraped near the depths of sadness and despair that michigan fans experienced while ohio state was on that run of dominance for the last decade so i i think ohio state fans even though michigan fans have kind of lost sight of that pain it's important that ohio state fans don't because you still have not experienced that and hopefully aren't going to, you know, see it get that bad. I would imagine uh, regardless of what ends up happening with day or the current regime. So you know what's funny I, to me is that hmm. my, my formative years as a, uh, you know, Ohio state fan as a kid, right. were the nineties, right. Where every right. single year, you know, I go into school on Monday and at least, you know, contrarian little douchebags in Southwestern Ohio or Michigan fans like, Ohio State lost, we won. I was in Chicago, dude. Yeah. So I'm like the only Ohio though. state fan in a nest of Michigan fans. I know how right. it is. I grew right. up in the nineties so, too, bro. 
Right. So what I'm saying, though, is, is that that was just one decade, right? Ohio State was dominant in this rivalry from 2001 until, you know, like 2020. So it's it really does put things into perspective a little bit. Obviously, you don't want this to extend into an old decade or even another year, but it's also not really the same thing um, as what Michigan fans had to deal with. And as uh, we're going to talk decades. about later, it's a great time to pivot into being a basketball fan. That's right. And if you wash down that terrible performance on Saturday afternoon from the football team, it it wasn't outright terrible. It was a good game, but you know, a disheartening performance, if you want to call it that, if you washed it down by watching the basketball team, you probably came away pretty, pretty, you came away on a a pot with positive momentum to end your evening. So there's, there's reasons to be optimistic if you're an Ohio state fan. I agree. Um, All right. So this next one here, this is from Bryant. He's got a couple here. Uh, Gaze into your crystal ball. Does does Ryan day coach the Buckeyes in 2025? And then he says, uh, he'll be back next year, obviously, but this is really, what if he doesn't beat Michigan again next year? Question. Uh, look, here's the thing. Ryan Day is personally like a good human being. Uh, he's easy to work with. People like working for him. Um, he's, I mean, the the program has been pretty, you know, beyond like if you're looking at the athletic department as a whole, I can't really say this, but within the confines of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, this is a relatively scandal-free program. He's winning 90% of his games. If he wants to stay at Ohio State, he's going to stay at Ohio State. As long as he's doing that and maybe, you know, beating Michigan occasionally, he can do that for as long as he wants. He is 100% going to be at Ohio State, um, all things being equal and all things staying the same in 2025 unless he decides to go. I, I don't see him leaving at all. I don't see any chance of that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, the follow-up is um, – <laughs> Who is the starting quarterback for Ohio State in 2024 against Air Nolan, baby? (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. The answer, I, you know, maybe Air Nolan comes in and he kicks everybody's ass and he looks amazing from the jump. I would love that. That would be great. Um, But I don't know. My, My inclination at this point in time is it would still be Kyle McCord just because as I've always said, college coaches favor consistency over the unknown, even if that consistency isn't very Oh, yeah, real, real consistent performance (laughs) against Michigan. Well, versus... You know what the weird thing about McCord is relative to consistency? You know, they talk about quarterbacks need to have a short memory. It felt like every time with McCord this season... You know, he, he wouldn't build his strong drives together. He would like every oh, yeah, time like he down, would come yeah. back, it would be like everything was a reset. Every right. single drive, he would have to get back into a rhythm again before Ohio State would get into the end zone. And I it, think I think it, that speaks to mechanics. I think that's something where you saw that a lot at the beginning of games yeah. and then at various, especially maybe towards the end of games where his mechanics start to break down, his footwork wasn't as good. And I think that was absolutely a huge part of it. I, it was, it seemed like it was just, he was not mechanically sound on a lot of it. And like you said, it, it was, you know, you never knew what Kyle you were going to get on any given drive. And that's a problem. Yeah. So maybe he cleans that up in the off season, but if I'm being honest relative to how good I know day is at getting the most out of his quarterback prospects, I would rather see him uh, dedicate his efforts towards 
somebody else as opposed to uh you know, entertaining two different candidates as he did going into this season because he wasn't necessarily in love with either one of them. There's going right. to be very, very intriguing prospects coming in in very short order. I'd rather see him invest his efforts into those as opposed to trying to make the best of what, unfortunately, we kind of just saw is damaged goods at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows what Kyle McCord will look like eventually. I, I do think, you know, for a guy's first year starting, I mean, you're going to get some lumps, but also at the end of the season, you would want to see more progress than he did. Uh, I just right, think we, from- I just think we've seen kind of the his ceiling, if I'm being honest, right. just because well, there's very limited mobility here. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he thre- next year, it's going to be his first time in how long, not throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. That's true. And we'll, we'll see if he, yeah, we'll see if that's, uh, we'll see if that's something that he can develop a rapport with, you know, a guy like Tate or somebody else. Um, all right, this next one is from our good friend Alvin, who says, "Objective take, uh, take. I am convinced OSU wins that game seven out of ten times. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. No. I think you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I think that that game was a coin flip, fifty-fifty, uh, pretty much every time. I mean, two, the two teams are really evenly matched, and also." like their strengths play against each other's weaknesses in really interesting ways that I think it could have gone either way whenever I Vegas had this essentially as a top toss up. And I think that was probably the right call. So it was I was a one score game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And that's not a shock to me because I think talent wise, the two teams are fairly evenly matched. Um, all right. Last one here. This is from Mac. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a damn thing cool about succumbing to uh, the team up north four times now uh waiting 365 days three times in a row uh okay so the question is was the mccord harrison high school connection worth it at ohio state who amongst us thinks that jj loses three straight or even that drew aller doesn't win today i don't think drew aller wins <laughs> i was not the i loved aller. that question until drew aller got shoehorned into the end of that but that like i was agreeing with <laughs> all of a, that and then but that's a but that is a good question stop uh, carrying a flame for drew aller no Come but on. it is a really interesting question about the mccord harrison high school connection no, um, it wasn't worth it. I would have rather had McCarthy and yeah. a treasure trove of receivers that is still here. That's right. Uh, and he also says, George, mighty is the neck that wears full gold pants. Um, and Johnny, you're one slick Rick bastard for calling the spread like you did. I will feel confident in the Buckeye win if and only if you tell me. <laughs> uh <laughs> That's not. That's a mistake, by the way. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me. Johnny Surviving finished on, third in staff scoring predictions, and I, I finished second because Dubcast knows ball, baby. I snuck onto the podium by uh, calling an Ohio State loss. Uh, surviving, not thriving. Shout out to Dan, Alex, and the boys and Couch. Uh, sincerely, from a thousand years of darkness, uh, your friend, not Alvin, but Mac. You know, here's beautiful. the thing. Uh, that was beautiful. That was a great question. Um, I I take no pleasure in, in being correct. And I know like it kind of sounds like I do because of the tone of my voice. But the truth of the matter is, no, because the truth of the matter is, is that I get no benefit from it. If I'm right that Ohio State's going to lose, then Ohio State lost. And I still feel bad. 
But if I'm wrong, then I just look an, like an idiot. So there's no... that That is what we call an emotional hedge, Johnny. Yeah, well, <laughs> somebody, I think my favorite comment uh, somebody made about me on the site was that I emotionally hedge at life, which is 100% correct. <laughs> That is that is that is the most precious. How you avoid insight. disappointment. That's right. I am constantly hedging at life. That is one of the best insights I think anybody's ever made to me. And it was made by a complete stranger online. I, I love that. Um but yeah, that's ask us anything. Thank you for sending those questions. We'll continue to answer them. Uh hey, let's let's talk about something fun real quick. By the way, I didn't watch any other football games or pay any attention whatsoever to any other, you know, things that were going on in college football. Uh, after uh, Ohio State lost. So I know there were some like interesting things that I know Auburn like completely just like crapped the bed. Oh, it, that you like it, it's worth watching the last minute of that game because it, it Auburn, the, they had that it, game won, it was man. inexplicable what happened. And then for them to like the, the dissonance that started to set in once they had already let it go, like they, they almost <laughs> took a safety and then instead of trying to run another play, the receivers were kind of just standing around in the secondary right. and they were like, oh, do we really have to get back to the line of scrimmage? Okay. And then they all ran go routes, but then right. they didn't even turn around to look for the football. And so Bama <laughs> picked it off and just ran it back for a pick six. That was yeah. all after they converted like a fourth and 30 and a third and 20 right before that, that they only got because Bama botched the snap 20 yards backwards it was the most wacky final minute of football i've ever seen and auburn had no business losing that game and they just said you know what we really really don't want to win this game yeah they clearly they it's like they just stopped playing like they were like yeah if ohio state lost to michigan like that i would have to stop support i'm really not kidding i would stop (laughs) watching ohio state football right if If i was an auburn fan and i saw that i'd say this isn't worth it for me that is by far that's got to be i mean there's been a lot of bad losses there's been a lot of bad beats in the uh the you know the iron bowl but that's got to be i think the worst that that loss is an excuse to pour weed killer on on trees (laughs) the trees weren't dead they should be already Um, they should not have to bear witness to that yeah i agree so here's the thing you know, one of the things that we've done, uh, you know, in the past uh, several um, uh, past several years, is, is kind of crack on uh, Chris Holtman a little bit. And and look, I'm going to say this: Who's we? I didn't join this show me. until it, I my first fill in was April. I've said nothing of Holtman. Well, we meaning the Dubcast in general, I guess. We the royal we. Uh, but here's the thing: right now, damn Ohio Citro. <laughs> Just blame everything on Citra. He hasn't been on the Dubcast in like five years. Freaking Michael. We're gonna get, we're gonna get a very angry "Ask Us Anything" next week from the ghosts of Citra. That's right. How dare you? I love Jim or Jim Holman. Good God, Chris Holman. Uh, here's the thing about the Ohio State men's basketball team: they're fun to watch right now, and I know that's a really you know easy thing and something that we've been able to say about the men's basketball team in November and December and, and sometimes January of past years, but uh if you're feeling down if you're feeling a little low okay go ahead and watch a guy like bruce orton jr or or excuse me bruce orton or Ryder gale jr or 
I don't know, even, uh, you know, out there scoring a bunch of points as uh, Jameson Battle, right, as they go ahead and win the Emerald Coast Classic, uh, destroying Santa Clara, which, I mean, Santa Clara, whatever. But, you know, their victory against Alabama, they, 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 well, there you go. And Ohio (laughs) State also beat uh, Alabama 92-81, which at the time, Alabama was a blistering offensive team. And Ohio State not only kept pace with them, but in the second half, outscored them 54 to 48 that is not a result that you would have expected watching last year's team so look overall this is a really entertaining team to watch uh they're still not ranked so as you know you mentioned you know george earlier uh before we started recording you still time to jump on the bandwagon that's right and uh i don't know man like i i don't think that this is going to be a team that threatens you know, the big 10, right? Like they're, they're not going to come out there and they're not going to take on the likes of Purdue and whatever, but they're way better than Michigan and they're fun to watch. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited right now for them. Now, whether or not they can actually sustain that through uh, the big 10 conference um, part of their schedule, who knows, but I think they will not suffer like a 10 game losing streak. You, you really got to tune in to see just how much battle opens everything up for them. I don't think, I don't think, this I can't remember in my lifetime when this team had a stretch four as offensively effective as battle already is. It's really unbelievable. And they have two guards in Thornton and Gale Jr. that are really good passers and mm-hmm. very good ball handlers and you know capable finishers had... at the rim. And they haven't had that in a while either. Like that's the other thing. Like they haven't had guys like, especially people who can just distribute and attack the rim, attack, attack. They haven't had that. And then you've got all this pace and space and these guys, both not just only these two effective guards, but this stretch four that can also create his own shot off the dribble in very unique ways. He's got an unbelievable step back and he's got really, really phenomenal three point shooting range. And you flank all of that with you know if you're a year over year fan of this team and probably a way a even stronger way than I am as mm-hmm. I'm you know advocating for people to watch this team the reward for your uh perennial tuning in is you get to watch all this pace and space flanked by the most athletic version of Zed Key that we've seen <laughs> that's right he right. finally said, "You know way. what? I'm tired of being in a, a meme, a meme big man of, right. the, quit, of the of the Caleb Wesson mold, right? And I'm I'm actually going to be that. Gail Junior threw him an alley oop in the Santa Clara game. It was great. It was one of their 22 assists. The team had that game. That's they sick. are a very very fun offensive team. They play great perimeter defense too." They're a good all-around team. I would be very shocked if they don't finish in the top three in the Big Ten this year. I'm calling it now. Fantastic result. I think they they are they look so good. I haven't seen a team this fun at Ohio State in a very very long time. Probably not since the Kraft years, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun to watch. Biggest concern for them right now is probably rebounding, just in general. Um, they actually got out-rebounded on the glass by Santa Clara, which is that's bad. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, it's th- this is not a team I don't think that anybody thinks, like I said, is a national title contender or anything like that. Um, but they are fun to watch. And that 
right? That's the first criteria that I want them to meet. And if they can get that, then they can build on it. Um, I just don't want it to be a situation where it's like, you know, they're just not hitting any shots. They go completely cold and then, you know, it becomes miserable. I mean, people like were that. saying that being this being a tournament team wasn't realistic this year for some reason. Yeah, you're right. And now I I would be stunned if that weren't the case because I, I don't see many college teams that can play this, certainly not in the Big Ten, that can play with the sort of five – position free-flowing offensive effectiveness that i saw from ohio state this past weekend so i I think the future is very bright relative to this coming season i agree with that i will also say that i am going to hold off on any kind of those proclamations until they actually start like the meat of their big 10 schedule because i've been fooled before and i really want to i want to wait until like mid-january we're still two months away from february Although, wait, it's January January that is typically Holtman's struggle month, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's like they they come back. What happens is is they come back from break. That's really what kills them. They they go on break, and they come back, and it's like they forgot how to play basketball. And this has happened almost every year under Holtman. If they can get over that hump. Well, enjoy December while you can, folks. Yeah, I agree with that. So – you know, like I said, like George has been saying, fun team to watch. Don't don't go like, well, they were a huge disappointment last year and they had that huge you know losing streak. Don't let that influence you and uh, how you might want to approach the team this year. It's a very different team. They look a lot different. If you feel like football was a huge disappointment just now, what do you have to lose? You know what That's I mean? That's right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, men's basketball, enjoy it. Women's basketball, you can enjoy that too. They're, they are currently ranked and, you know, I think we'll still continue to do well wrestling is out there kicking butt i think uh surprising some people they've done really well um i don't know there's still a lot to build on and and i know that it's you know after a loss to michigan it's really hard to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and go oh well i can i can enjoy high state sports but there's still a lot going on there's still a lot of fun stuff to pay attention to and uh like i said you know michigan's (laughs) currently kind of like collapsing in basketball so if you're enjoying that from a shot and for a standpoint i think uh that's that's there too um wow howard like i really thought howard was the truth at that at, at that school i thought he was going to be a, a great coach and it feels like the wheels have completely fallen off oh, that and his greatest career accomplishment prior to this was riding lebron's coattails well that's also true and you know screwing up timeouts and stuff like that so uh <laughs> so anyway uh that's the dubcast for this week you know it sucks to lose to michigan but there are brighter days ahead i i assure all of you uh we'll be back next week to talk about you know how everything shake you know shakes out with the college football playoff uh what ohio matchup yeah who knows they might be in it uh what happens with their you know probable bowl game the orange bowl um and you know the the doings and and goings and all that kind of stuff with men's basketball as well so we'll be back next week and until then i'm johnny i'm george and we'll see you next time take care folks